0: Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, We are talking about the practice of self-examination. It has come up in Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, which is just one of a number of similar exhortations that are scattered throughout the New Testament exhorting Christians to practice the art, practice the, the um, work of, of self-examination, something that we ought to be doing on a regular basis. The text in view is 2 Corinthians 13.5, where Paul says to the Corinthian church members, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith, test yourselves, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified. So the most important examination that we can do is an examination of ourselves. Some Christians are pretty active in examining people around them. Some are very (laughs) practiced in examining the lives of other Christians, examining the lives of other church members, seeing this, making note of that, talking about this usually to other people sinfully, that's gossip, that's slander, rather than if you see something that needs to be changed, then go to your brother and talk to your brother alone and help your brother, and I'm, of course, including sister in that word brother, help that other person to to get into a better relationship with the Lord. But that's that's a good practice for a number of reasons. Number one that sort of thing ought to be done privately between believers, and ought to be done with the person who has apparently committed an offense, and I say apparently, and I'll come back to that in a moment. This is not the sort of thing that we are to discuss with other people. And I have noticed that oftentimes people who are practiced at examining others generally report the results of their examination to yet others, others that are not the ones that have been examined. They like to talk about other people. Did you know this? Did you see this? Did you hear this? And that uh, is a very sinful practice. That in itself needs to be recognized as sin, as backbiting, as the kind of communication which God does not approve of. And we need to confess that is sin and get that out of our lives. But there are other things, and I need to pause and welcome you to this Tuesday, December 12, Beacon Broadcast, and thank you for joining us for this portion of the study of 2 Corinthians, and to thank those whose financial gifts help us to keep teaching God's Word on this station. So, examination. Not that we focus primarily on examining other Christians, though there's a place for that. I'm not saying that that's ruled out entirely, but that should not be our primary focus, nor should our primary focus be upon examining those awful things that are going on going on in the world and making that the main target of our examination. Some people are, are all bound up with what's wrong with this world and let's rail against this and rail against that and correct this and correct that. Well, now, friends, yes, the world is in bad shape. And I, again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be aware of these things. We shouldn't decry these things in any way, shape, or form. But I'm saying that should not be the main focus of our examination. It shouldn't be the examination of other Christians. It shouldn't be the examination of the world. When the world is acting sinfully, it's just acting like the world is expected to act. Read your Bible, find out how what do should we expect from unconverted people in a fallen world that's under the curse? That's what we see. it's It's exactly what the Bible tells us to expect. But what we need to deal with are the sins in the church and That we shouldn't expect a lot of that. There will be some of that, of course, but we shouldn't expect a lot of sin in the church. And the sins in the church that need to be our primary focus are the ones that we commit. Our own sins. First, deal with that log in our own eye before we try to take the speck out of our brother's eye, and so. We've got to develop this practice of self-examination. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless, indeed, you are disqualified? The practice, the art of self-examination. On the broadcast yesterday, I told you I think there are three areas when we spend time Spend time, you can't do this with a quick prayer, spend time in prayer before the Lord in worshiping Him, praising Him, petitioning Him, but an important part of that is confession. Confession of our sins, and we need to examine our hearts and ask the Lord to show us what needs to be confessed. And I suggested to you that we should ask the Lord to show us what needs to be confessed in our thought life. A lot of sinning going on in people's thought lives that they treat very lightly as if that doesn't matter as long as I don't do it. Just thinking about it isn't wrong. Well, the Bible tells us that we are to put away not only sinful actions, but sinful thoughts. The text that first and most immediately comes to mind regarding that is the one of Christ in the Sermon on the Mount, where he said, you've heard of the ha- that it hath been said, you shall not commit adultery. That's what the Ten Commandment, the Seventh Commandment of the Ten Commandments says, isn't it? Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's an action. That's a sinful relationship. That's doing something that you are forbidden to do. Don't have a sexual relationship with someone who is not your spouse. Don't commit adultery. But remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? He went on from there and said, But I say unto you, if a man looks upon a woman for the purpose of lusting after her, he has committed adultery already in his heart. So we don't have to do the act of sleeping with someone who's not our spouse, to commit adultery. We can also commit mental adultery, and that is far more prevalent. And we do that when we allow lascivious thoughts to dwell in our mind. We may not be able to dismiss every fleeting thought, but we don't have to welcome it. That's the point. To make that point, somebody said, I don't know who it was, but it really makes the point well as far as I'm concerned. We can't keep birds from flying over our heads, but we can certainly keep them from building a nest in our hair. We can't keep fleeting thoughts, sinful thoughts, from touching our minds from time to time. After all, we live in a world where we're surrounded with these things. All you have to do is see certain billboards, and it will create a a lustful thought, quickly and temporarily, ideally. It should not be something we dwell upon. You can't hardly watch television, even a good wholesome program, without having some commercials that are going to direct your mind in a lustful direction, and on and on it goes. You can't hardly go shopping these days, or out in public anywhere, at least in warm weather, without seeing scantily clad women who, it appears, want to make men to notice them and to lust after them. They want to be sexually desired. doesn't mean they necessarily are inviting you to have a sexual relationship with them, but they, but they enjoy the thought that people are looking at them with desire. And, of course, we're exposed to that as Christians as much as unconverted people. And those thoughts will go through our mind. But we need to ask God to help us to to divert them, to, keep, to not dwell upon them. And when we fail in that, we need to confess that as sin. And, of course, there are many other thoughts. We may have thoughts of vengeance that are unscriptural. We may have thoughts of... Of dishonesty that are unscriptural. We're thinking about something that we know we should not do, but we sure want to do it. It'll be to our financial advantage, or it'll help us get even with somebody, and on and on and on it goes. There's so many things that we can think about that we would never do, or, or at least we hope we would never do. We can think about and probably will never do. But all of these sins begin with a thought. Adultery doesn't happen until first there are adulterous thoughts. Stealing doesn't happen until first there are stealing thoughts. Murder doesn't happen until first there are murderous thoughts. All of these things start with a thought that is wrong, and we need to deal with the thoughts. We need to ask the Lord to show us if our thoughts are pleasing to him, and when they are not, we need to confess that as sin. That's what the self-examination does. In the world in which we live, there is so much pornography. I hadn't even mentioned that earlier. I'm just talking about the relatively, relatively, um, what should I say, um, light, sexually, sexually um, explicit things that are around us, and they're they're all around us in in person and in in media. But we also know that we live in a world where really raunchy, degrading pornography is available at the click of a button on cell phones or computers, and it becomes a an enslaving addiction to many people, not just men. We we learn that there are many women maybe not as high a percentage of women, but many women even that get enslaved to the addiction of on pornography. And that is a horrible sin, and it is a clear violation of the words of Jesus that you don't look upon someone for the purpose of lusting after them. That's what pornography is all about. To draw you into the thought of mental fornication. You're, you're going to view it or in some cases read about it as it is being described and portrayed by others because you delight with the idea you are delighted with the idea that you would like to be doing this and you don't you're not going to because you're not going to going to um jeopardize your life in that way and you know that that would be a terrible thing if you actually did any of these things but you sure Enjoy watching other people do them and entering into it vicariously, and that can become an addiction so that it's hard to get rid of. In other words, you can have a life that's filled with these kinds of thoughts, so displeasing to the Lord, because you're not dealing with them in a serious practice of self-examination. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.